Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we go live every weekday morning on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We are Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network. I uh, got to thank our sponsors because they make everything happen for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Uh, Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, head out to Lebanon, see all the great inventory they have to offer at wilsoncountyhyundai.com and the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive uh, orthopedic and sports medicine care. Boneandjointtn.org is where to go. Zach, I mean, I mean, I was watching that first half of Tennessee, Missouri, where they put up 45 points, kind of in some disbelief last week of, is this really happening? Is this Josh Heupel offense really starting to click with quarterback Hendon Hooker? The defense is playing a lot better than I think most expected, uh, but pretty impressive to be able to get that. The first SEC win for Josh Heupel and the Vols uh, is by 38 points on the road uh, to a Missouri team that a lot of people thought would be a lot better going into it. But what was your original takeaway from that Missouri win uh, over the last weekend? Well, I think it's it's Hendon Hooker solidifying himself as the guy to lead this team. And we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, Joe Milton versus Hendon Hooker. And they were trying to figure it out, right? Joe Milton came in and transferred from Michigan. Hendon Hooker uh, came in and transferred from Virginia Tech. But, you know, Heupel's trying to figure out who can lead this offense the best. And I think the, the, the two things – now, Harrison Bailey really hadn't gotten a chance – to be in this conversation, but hookers won the job. And the reason why is Milton could not complete the one thing that he does well, which is throw the football downfield. He had a rocket arm, rocket arm, rocket arm. That rocket arm doesn't matter if you can't accurately throw or use said weapon. And Hendon Hooker, I think thought when he came in in relief after Milton got hurt early on in the season at Pitt or versus Pitt, I thought he managed the game a lot better. Now, he had to settle in to say, you got to get your reads, and and when things break down and the defense gets after you, how do you scramble and get first downs and you use your athleticism? But the the basis of this offense is getting up to the line of scrimmage, reading the defense, executing the play, and finding your read. Your read – the offense is set up to mismatch the defense – There will be a guy open. You just have to find him, and you have to accurately throw the ball to him. That's something Joe Milton could not do from start to finish. And I think Hendon Hooker, I mean, he put it all together against Missouri because of that shellacking uh, in Mizzou. That was a a really good win. And and I will say this before we kind of get to our, our question. You know, Josh Heupel coming in, this is a big year to kind of set the tone of what Tennessee Vols expectations should be. And it's not only for the coach, but for the fan base to say, is this thing going to work? Is this a good head coach? Do the players believe in him? All the things that Jeremy Pruitt was unable to accomplish in in his tenure, besides cheating and Phil Fulmer helping him cheat, all of those things now, Josh Heupel can earn the trust of the fan base early on in his tenure 
And I think that would go a long way moving forward over the next couple of years. Yeah, a few comments to get in. Uh, Ed says, us Ohio boys warned you about Milton. <laughs> and then and, I, uh, and to, to that. Big Ten, Big Ten Jeff says, hell yeah, we did. And no one wanted to listen. No, and, and I was the last to start listening because two weeks ago I was like, yeah, Joe Milton against Florida gives you the best chance to win. Idiot me. But again, like that's Hinden Hooker is legit. He's played efficient. I, I saw a comment. Rob says also Hooker can run just as good as Milton. No, Hooker runs better than Joe Milton. Joe Milton might have a uh, higher end, like straight line speed, but Hinden Hooker's got some moves. He's got agility. He can, he's got quickness to him and he, he has completely changed this ball season. And you go always go back to, well, what if Hooker started against Pitt? Could they have won that game? Because they got that 10 nothing lead and Joe Milton couldn't add to it with inaccurate passes. And then uh, Hooker fought them back in the game. They lost by seven. Now you can't continue. Well, Hooker had that. an opportunity to go down and, and tie the game and he couldn't. So right. I, I I think it's less about that. I think, uh, I think the singular play that could have changed the season was the drop pass at Florida. Oh, and I'm not gosh. saying Tennessee was going to win that game because I don't think they were. But that, I mean, you talk about air out of the sails. That, I mean, wide open, fourth down, convert, probably go a lot further than just the conversion. But they didn't, I, I think Tennessee, and you say like proud, I think they can be proud to say that that did not affect the psyche moving forward because I think they got back into their heads and a good mindset last week in Mizzou. Yeah, um, that's true. Jimmy Callaway dropping that. He, you know, from the end zone angle, it looked like he could have scored a touchdown. Who knows? But they would at least have potentially gotten some type of points on that drive to make and it that's, a one score. Game that's what I was arguing before that game. Hinton yeah. Hooker gives you the opportunity to be in that game longer. And that drop pass, unfortunately, just kind of extended things and things got away from him. But when when Tennessee plays Kentucky late in the season, when they play some of the uh, the, the teams that they're going to have to face, like Georgia and, and Alabama is going to be two different. Those are the, the best in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're going to have to win and, and, and beat teams down the stretch. And I think Hendon Hooker gives them the best opportunity to stay in the game longer. And then as this offense progresses and, and, and Hypo gets more time, that's going to help them possibly win those games. Yeah. So Brian says players are buying in, need to do better on the recruiting or, or trail early. Yeah, sure. Look, there's some, there's definitely things that they, that need to improve continuously, but I, I do have two things that the Vols can prove by beating South Carolina tomorrow. And so the first one I think is about how Josh Heupel handles a game where they blew out an, an SEC opponent where they were an underdog walking into the game, right? Because I, that game was so berserk early on because it was a stat that somebody said uh, in the chat early on. Uh, Rob says that the Vols scored four touchdowns against Mizzou before they faced a third down on offense. So Missouri's defense was that bad. It was a point where in four game minutes in the first quarter, Tennessee scored, it was seven to three. Four game minutes later, it was 28 to three and that game was over. Right. And they continue to pile on and put up 62 points. So the first thing that they can prove by beating a South Carolina team is that they can't handle some type of success 
and they're not just going to get all big-headed, right? Because what have we not seen from Josh Heupel yet as the Vols head coach? They're 3-2, and two, but they haven't won two games in a row. And you can say that their harder opponents have come after an easier opponent because you beat Bowling Green, you lose to Pitt. You beat Chattanooga, no problem. You lose to Florida. You beat Missouri. Now you host South Carolina. So can you get your first? It was, you know, two, well, it was Tennessee Tech, not Chattanooga. Tennessee Tech, sorry. But Tennessee Tech, that's that tells you how much that game mattered. But uh, so can you get your first? Well, I will argue that. That game did matter because yeah. it gave Hendon Hooker the ability to settle in and play against an inferior opponent. That's been proven, Austin. You've been wrong on Milton. You were wrong okay. there. That game was important, man. It was. And it's going to help. And it's going to be crazy. You're going to look back. That Tennessee Tech, that was his first true real start as the Tennessee football quarterback. From that point okay. on, it looks like he's taken and run with it. So I, I will not downplay Tennessee Tech. And I watched some of that game. I don't know why, but I did. And, yep. and, and he performed very well. He, he did, he did. But again, my point is that can you get your first, uh, you know, air quote winning streak uh, together under Josh Heupel by getting to four and two? And I think a four and two start would be very impressive and a two and one start in SEC play would be very impressive for the Vols. So that's the first thing that they can prove. I'll let you react to both of these things here in a second. The second thing that Tennessee can prove by beating South Carolina is that the offensive output against Missouri, I'm not talking about 62 points, but the efficiency in the offense against Missouri wasn't a fluke. So if you can beat South Carolina at home in back-to-back weeks after what you did against uh, Missouri, I think it shows that this offense isn't a fluke. Now, Missouri has one of the worst defenses in all of football bowl subdivision. The Vols, Boston College and other teams have been able to expose Mizzou on the ground. South Carolina's not a good team by any means, but their defense is not the problem. Their defense is actually, you know, I'm not saying it's like legit or good or great, but it ain't trash like Missouri's defense. So if you can handle success and win a game after blowing out an SEC opponent and put up points, I think that's two things the Vols can prove uh, if they can beat South Carolina tomorrow. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what they're going to do. Because now, once you see that you can do something, that's that's pretty impactful. That's pretty powerful, right? The the Vols scoring that many points and seeing, uh, not against a, uh, a Tennessee Tech team, but against a SEC opponent on the road, and really that beatdown, seeing is believing. And I, I, I truly believe that they can now kind of take that and will that help them against South Carolina? Will that help them against Ole Miss, which is going to be a shootout, which a couple of people yeah. referenced in the chat? And will, more importantly, Tennessee's Super Bowl is going to be against the Kentucky Wildcats. Because now that Kentucky beat Florida, they, you know, Kentucky's probably not going to win the East because of Georgia, but they're going to be in that two slot possibly because of that. They, they have the tally over the Gators. That is a big-time game for Tennessee, and I'm not looking ahead because I know they have South yeah. Carolina this week, but that's going to be their Super Bowl. How can they get right and be the team that Josh Heupel wants them to be by that time? Yes, uh, and that's look, there's a long way to go before that because it's South Carolina, it's Ole Miss at home, at Alabama, 
bye week at Halloween, then you go to Kentucky, right? So there's a lot of gap in between uh, that Rob just calling a shot now a month ahead of time that Tennessee will beat Kentucky. That's a little much. I, I, I don't want to say that now. Let's see how uh, the recovery in the bye week from the absolute beatdown that Alabama is going to give. Yes. How are they going to recover from that? Because it, it is good. It is beneficial that they get a bye week after Bama. No doubt. Rob says the South Carolina defense is ranked 26th in the country. Uh, ben says that South Carolina has a solid D-line and a couple guys in the secondary. Thinks it's a runaway game in the third quarter. Yeah, South Carolina, good good defense, but their opponents are Eastern Illinois, East Carolina, Troy. Those are the three wins. So, like, not anything exciting about that. And then they held Kentucky to 16 and Georgia only scored 40, which is uh, something to say there. I want you guys to stop and think about Kentucky real quick because okay. Rob says UK is about to lose three in a row. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. They're 5-0 and now. They're about to play LSU, which is not the LSU. They're not – LSU is not great. I think LSU can be good. They lost to Auburn, you know, in and out at the end of that game. But they could beat LSU – they're going to lose to Georgia because it's at Georgia. But they have Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and Louisville. Austin Stanley, the yeah. Kentucky Wildcats could end the season with only one loss. Uh, I mean, Louisville's gotten a lot better. Uh, Louisville I sucks. I, they've I was, gotten better, but they suck. They have. They have. They're not good. But I, because I was winning some money <laughs> betting against Louisville early in the season. Uh, they've gotten better, and so I've, I got burned on that one last week. But I, I do think um, – Yeah, they lost to Wake Forest. Now, the problem is they covered because yeah, that, I took Wake Forest. That was actually one of my bigger bets of the Same, the same. Year. Yeah. Yep, same boat. Yeah. But, uh, but, Wake. I mean, how crazy would that be if they only lost one game? Yeah, but again, like they, they're like – That's not they're usually not, what Kentucky does. But they they're slip not up. Like, like they're a good football team, but Kentucky's not good enough to survive that entire slate without just a letdown game. The slate's not good, though. I understand that. but Mississippi State, Tennessee, New Mexico State, Vanderbilt, and Louisville are not good teams. Yes. They're bad. I, I, I'm, I'm not Tennessee, against I'm not, I, we'll get to the bad or good, but those aren't quality teams. Dom says UK does this every year. When are people going to realize they're just a product of their schedule being easy early on? I mean, they do, yeah, but they just beat Florida. But their, their schedule's easy late, too, Dom. I just told you. And Jacob says, if Kentucky loses only one game, is Stoops gone? Yeah, Florida State might come calling. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You never, you, well, because you don't think about like Kentucky's coaches, you know, hot, he's red hot, he's wanted man. But yes, it, Stoops has been patient there. I, I You got to yeah. give, now the problem is Kentucky has the money because of their basketball program to throw a ton of money to get him to stay. So, is his wife happy? Well, is his life happy? Life that season, all comes into play. Yeah, who knows? All right, so let's go ahead and get to our question back on the Tennessee Vols. As Corey says, he, he likes this Kentucky Wildcats show. All right, so we're asking this question. Are the Vols for real or are they a fluke? Are they for real or are they a fluke? Uh, but real quick, let me tell you guys about one of our great sponsors. We love them. They've been around for a while. Renterswarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Go to Renters Warehouse to find out how much your home can rent for. So many different ways you can use them to create extra cash flow for you and your family. Get retirement plan ready with Renters Warehouse because 
mailbox money in your bank account every month means equity as well as long-term wealth with Renters Warehouse. They do everything for you. You're not being a landlord because they are the landlord with Rent Estate at RentersWarehouse.com. A to Z Sports, Bet MGM. Download the app today. They are our title sponsor here on the morning show. <clears throat> Won a little bit of cash last night. I told you about the Russell Wilson under. Now, unfortunately, it was solidified with because a, of a injury. finger injury, a dislocated yeah, finger. Yeah. But, but hey, won me some cash, and I got some more props on the way. You guys, you guys can get in in the in on the action with downloading the Bet MGM app on your Google Android Play. Uh, your your, what is the Android Play Store? Know. Google Google Play? <laughs> Google, I don't know. Android Google app? I, your I have no your idea. green text messages have a app store. Go there and download the BetMGM app. For us Apple users, go to the app store. Download it. It's easy. Yeah, uh, so, but I'm sure they don't discriminate. Knows. BetMGM, just like Hyundai and all the other, they don't discriminate. They got you covered. BetMGM, use the promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so the question we're asking you guys here live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, uh, are the Vols for real or a fluke? That's the question here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Aaron says for real. Uh, T- uh, Taylor says fluke. Missouri is not good at all. Um, Zach's history points to fluke. Never buy into a Tennessee team. It's always heartbreak. <laughs> Patrick says, uh, good morning, guys. Go Gators. Uh, Jeff says, I wouldn't say fluke because they aren't bad, but they aren't real either. So he would go with slightly average. Jacob says, if I were a magic eight ball, I, I would say, quote, ask again later. I knew this question was going to be a little too hard for the chat. They couldn't kind of. And that was my overall thing with it uh, in the pre-show conversation. It's like, I don't know. Because Jacob's, you don't see a lot of uh, magic eight balls uh, these days. Uh, so Ben says, I don't think you beat an SEC team by 38 if you're a fluke. I want to see them tomorrow, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, an SEC team not named Vanderbilt. By 38, because Vanderbilt is god awful. Vols, uh, Brent says, Vols are, uh, are what they are this season, likely six and six. Jacob says, Depends on what for real means. Like, if for real it means making a bowl, then yes. Now, you guys can kind of comment whatever you think for real is. Rob says, They aren't for real, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a fluke either. I think they are what they are at this point. Uh, Zach, what's your answer to this? I actually think that they're more for real than a fluke. And yeah. I'll tell you, right, for real, the, not meaning they're going to win the SEC East or compete for the SEC East, but for real meaning that they are not a trash-ass program with a new coach just trying to pick up the pieces. Like, that, that is what I think I was looking to find out this season. And so, so far, I have found out that they are not that – I do think after last week's victory, I think that I'm more likely to think that they're going to beat South Carolina in what fashion. I don't really know or really care because if they win the game, they win the game that that goes on their tally. And we don't know about the NCAA sanctions and all that stuff. That's kind of died down for a, a second, but we'll probably return. I do think that they're more for real because I think they found their quarterback. And that was the key. If Joe Milton was still, and I'm not saying Hinden Hurtinger is unbelievable, but I think he's the right guy for this offense. And it just took a switch for Josh Heupel to figure that out. 
So I'm going to go for real because phony or fluke, I think you you look at that and you say, last week was complete happenstance. And I don't think that maybe it was happenstance by the score, but I think Tennessee is about a 14 to 17 point team that's better than Missouri. They're probably not the 30 or however much they won by. Yeah, 38. Well, there was a weird sequence, right? It was the uh, it was the 92-yard touchdown run followed by an interception by Banks return to the one-yard line uh, on Missouri's first set of downs. Touchdown, boom, game over. But, but being 17 points better than Missouri tells me they're for real because at the beginning of the year, I don't say that. No, so my, my answer is for real. It is not phony based on what we've seen and more importantly, based on the quarterback situation today. Uh, yeah, so I think you, you make some good points there. Um, Timothy says, let's win, see two wins in a row and have this conversation. Uh, Vols, and I think uh, that's fair for Tennessee fans to say because they've been burned too often. Yeah, and Rob they says, beat Auburn uh, and they still yeah. suck. You know, a couple of years ago. No, and that was something I was going to bring up is that Auburn win and Jeremy Pruitt's first season on the road. Auburn was top twenty-five at that point. That felt like something because then they also beat a really good Kentucky team, who I think was like top fifteen uh, at that time. They beat Kentucky by several scores, but like that that Auburn win was Jarrett Garantano throwing 50-50 jump balls in the end zone to Jawan Jennings and Mark West Callaway and all up and down the field. Like, here's what I know is for real. I don't know if the Vols this season are for real or not right now. Like, I don't expect they're not going to compete with Alabama and Georgia. There's zero chance of that. But I do know and I do think that Josh Heupel is for real because even though they lost to Pitt, even though they lost to Florida, even though they didn't look as clean against Bowling Green as I would have liked, his scheme works. In every game, regardless of the opponent, in the first five weeks, Josh Heupel's scheme has made winning plays for the Vols offense. Early, the quarterback wasn't executing the downfield throws to wide open wide receivers wide receivers for a reason they were wide open and joe milton literally had a 10 percent completion rate on pat on deep passes to start his vols career hinden hooker has fixed a lot of that then they've had a lot of bad drops from wide receivers too not just jimmy callaway uh, against florida on fourth down but other times they've been burned by wide receivers so the roster depth is not for real I think they have good high-end talent at the top of the roster, but they don't have that middle-of-the-roster talent and depth. But Josh Heupel, I think he's for real. I think he's got the right mentality. I think his offensive scheme can win games. But the way this offensive line can play this well at this high a tempo, Zach, did you know that the Vols lead the SEC in rushing attempts this season? No, I did not know that. Isn't but, that crazy? But it was just as surprising as last year, Ole Miss leading the country or the SEC in rushing. Those right. high-tempo teams, to make their offense work, they have to run the football. That's why Ole Miss, it didn't work when freaking Matt Luke was there. They were trying to run a high-tempo offense. They couldn't run the football. So right. that's probably why the Vols are having some of the success that they are. Yeah, and in the offensive line in one offseason – 
when the coach was hired in January, in one offseason, this offensive line got into it a, into a physical condition where they could run three plays a minute and lead the SEC in rushing attempts. And they're doing pretty good at running the football well, efficiently, too. So let's understand why the offensive line is better. Because the offensive line has been trashed for a long, long time. And yeah. that has been because of the scheme. Jeremy Pruitt wanted to run the football, play play action, and Garantano had to wait to make a decision, and the offensive line couldn't block for that long. This, this scheme is keep the defense honest. Keep them on their toes, rhythm, tempo, get set, so the defense can't get set. And here's the caveat. Hinton Hooker can move. Yeah. Garantano couldn't. Like that guy, he didn't have the mobility. That helps a fast tempo offense that that goes quick and doesn't make their offensive line do too much. So I I don't disagree with the conditioning. That probably plays a part in it, but I think it's more of a scheme that doesn't put as much pressure on the offensive line. No, I, I agree with you, but the, sch the scheme absolutely helps, but the ability for this offensive line, for these big dudes, and Cade Mays is a pro-style offensive lineman. Cade Mays is up there in a hurry, getting ready to go. Some of these other O-linemen are big boys who are moving fast and are able to stay on the field. Uh, Keith says, who are these guys? Welcome to the show, Keith. We're Austin and Zach, A to Z Sports. Uh, glad to have you along uh, this morning. But again, I think, Tennessee can prove a lot if they can beat South Carolina. They're favored by 10 and a half points. I'm very intrigued by our conversation when we pick the game uh, here in about 15 minutes or so. But I, I really think that they can show something and climb the ladder a couple notches in the SEC East. They're better than Vanderbilt. They just whipped up on Missouri. If they can beat South Carolina, they're already fourth in the East and ahead of those other three programs with an opportunity to go head-to-head -head with Kentucky in November to see who can get to that third spot. Because all you need to be is in, consistently in that third spot early in Heupel's career. Then you can take a shot at whoever number two is, right now Florida, at some point, uh, and see what can happen there. But I, I do real. I am... The defense is actually a lot better than I expected it to be, too. So... I think the defense has been impressive. Uh, I like what they're doing, and it seems like they've bought into this thing. I agree. The defense has been surprising. Uh, I didn't think that they were going to be as good as they have performed. Right, and they're they're good early in the game. That and that's like that's the best thing is that early on in the game, Tennessee's they, not getting down by forever. Yes, which is a big deal. That's why they can continue to run the ball uh, late in the game when they uh, are still in it right there. Jay says, I think Heupel knows football and his scheme looks good fast and puts up numbers and gives the Vols chance to win. Can he recruit and stay fresh and consistent? I hope so. Well, let's get some big wins. Jay says, well, that kind of, uh, takes us into our next conversation, Zach, because recruiting is the obvious reason of why the Vols are wearing black jerseys tomorrow in their dark mode game against South Carolina. Funny enough. Uh, and ironically at noon, Eastern time. So let's talk about these black jerseys, the blackout, the uh, dark mode unis for the Vols. We're going to grade them. I'll put it up on the screen here in a second. What grade a plus through F do you give the Vols dark mode black jerseys? They're wearing tomorrow against South Carolina, but first act, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. They've got the perfect make a model for you and your family. 
whether you're buying a vehicle, whether it's a Sonata, Elantra, or Santa Fe, or your wife needs a new car for the family, and it's the 2021 Hyundai Palisade. I've been talking about it. That Hyundai Palisade is sleek. It has all the bells and whistles, and it's got third-row seating. It doesn't look like your typical like minivan carpool lane thing. It, it didn't look like that. It looks sleek. It looks new. It's got leather interior. It looks cool. And that's, I mean, when you buy a product and a car, it needs to be fuel efficient. Check. It also needs to look good and feel good. And it does. That's the best part. Both Austin and I have test driven the Hyundai Palisade. You can test drive it too. Look at their inventory at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. They're the king of sportsbook. Once you download the BetMGM app, use this code, ATOZ Sports. You make your first deposit, and your first bet is risk-free up to 1000 bucks. It's easy as that. It's a great way to jumpstart your bankroll with the BetMGM app. Again, download the app, use the code ATOZ Sports, and your first bet after that deposit is risk-free up to $1,000. Uh, also, don't forget, we got our, our, our picks for the SEC weekend coming up. Here later in the show with our mortgage picks presented by BetMGM. And today at 2 p.m. Central Time, Alan Bell, Brian Edwards with A to Z Sports Picks presented by BetMGM at 2 o'clock Central Time. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years older. Must be present in Tennessee for gambling problem support. Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Talking about the Vols dark mode jerseys. How do you grade them? Here they are. This is These are the images that Tennessee put out uh, on Wednesday to release the Dark mode uni. Zach, I'll send you to the comment section. What are the grades these jerseys are giving? Well, Sean starts us off with an A plus. Jeff Rubel, who you know, Ohio State guy, saying giving him a B plus. B plus from Jordan. Hate that they couldn't get black helmets. Uh, Louis says E for incomplete or excellent. Yeah, I'm you, not really sure. Did you, you see, see the black helmet uh, update that they couldn't get it because it was taking too long to actually create them? Because you know, because of COVID. It takes forever. Like it took us a month to get our Dallas koozies delivered to Dallas just because it takes so long. Are they delivered yet? Yeah, by the way, uh, yeah, lot, just uh, some business update on the show. Yeah, uh, they were delivered to Nick yesterday. So he that's got great. That's, that, that's excellent. <laughs> Brent says A plus, Damari A plus, Aaron A plus. I love the black jerseys from Larry Ford. A plus 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 from Larry. Uh, no, E for effort. Louis clarifies that. Um, B from J, A from Jacob. So that kind of gives you a a test. Austin, what do you think about these jerseys? I like them. I mean, I don't love them, but I do like them. I am curious to see how they would look uh, with black helmets and maybe look more complete because I do think the best thing about the smoky gray uniforms they wore several years ago was the smoky gray helmet and the detail that went into it and how that looked. Like the black is always gonna look very Halloween esque, and I, you know, well, it's October, right? And and like I was a sophomore at Tennessee when Lane Kiffin busted out the the black jerseys against a really good South Carolina team uh, coached by Steve Spurrier, where the Tennessee was able to upset that team, and Jonathan Crompton was the quarterback in that game and has great stories about that. But those jerseys were like printed at where like the the little league. Uh, leagues get their uniforms they were cheap they were turnaround quick these look real they look good uh, i like the accent on the helmet there with the black stripes around the power tee and the center stripe there i just i just don't think the ceiling of tennessee black uniforms is super high 
the simpler, the better. So I'm going to give them a B plus. Like I like them, but I don't, I'm not like in love with them. There are so many better looking black jerseys around college football than these. I'm going to surprise you. You love them, don't you? I give them an A plus. (laughs) And I love the white helmet. I actually think the white helmet is better than the black helmet or would have been uh, the black helmet. I think these look awesome. I just wish they weren't playing at 11 a.m. This seems like yeah. a night 7 o'clock ESPN kick in Neyland, right? Oh, like, like like what next week's going to be? Right, but that that's not this week. Right. Oh, is, is Ole Miss a night kick? Ole Miss is a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time night kick in Neyland. Sunday's going to be tough for me. Because I'm going to be there live. Good Are you seats really? in Neyland. Oh, man, you're going to have a quick turnaround to get back to Nashville for tight. Wait, no, it's uh, Monday Night Football. so you. Got I don't Sunday have up. a quick turnaround. I so got all Sunday to watch football and not do a damn thing. And, you know, Monday will probably be rough. But, yeah, I, I, I couldn't make it. to. I make it usually to Oxford one game per year. And the Titans schedule did not help me out this year. So I got to take my talents to Knoxville. I didn't realize it was a 7 30 kick. Love that. Yeah. Damn, that's going to be a long day. <laughs> yes, long day. But so uh, I'll take that kick instead of uh, this week's kick. But I love these jerseys. And I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm an Ole Miss guy, so I don't, I could care less about, I do love jerseys. I'm a uniform freak. Yes. And yeah. I form opinions based on uniforms. This, this is good work. Very good work. A plus. I don't usually throw out A pluses either. No, you usually don't. And like, I just, again, like my whole thing is I don't hate them. I like them a lot. I like the stripes down the pants. I like the power T on the pants. I just don't think it's that high of a ceiling with what Tennessee is working with. Like there are so many other college teams that have a better color scheme to use with black. The Vols only have orange and white to use with the black which makes it limited, in my opinion. Like, Well, Jerry, Jerry brings up they should have done it for the home game against Ole Miss because it's a night game. You know, what has happened is the players, if they play well, like if Tennessee wins by, let's say, 20 points or something, and they kill South Carolina, I think they could run it back for, for Ole Miss. Ole Miss is doing the same thing. They usually don't wear the light blues a lot, mm-hmm. but this is they're playing Arkansas this week. They suck against Arkansas. They need all the help that they can get. So they're wearing the light blue uniforms at home. This I, I if they play well against South Carolina, I think I would be jockeying for for a, a back-to-back blackout week. That would be pretty slick. Yeah, and oh, Ben says uh, I, I don't. I think you don't want to ruin these the jerseys uh, by revealing those against Ole Miss. I agree. I, I smart. I think it's uh, you you wear these in a game you feel like you can win after but not and- Tennessee Tech. Like I hate that LSU only wears their purple uniforms against homecoming teams because they always play terrible homecoming teams. I I love the LSU purple uniforms. They never wear those, but that's like a legitimate tradition. You know I what know, I mean? Like that's like so. That's it, not like a. It's like a it's, tra- traditions are meant to die in this day and age. <laughs> right? Not in college football. College football is like the one place where tradition lives on. I disagree. Everybody has different uniforms now. Everybody Texas not, doesn't play A and M anymore. Like yeah, but everything's exact, changing. Yeah, but there's yes, things are changing, but tradition is 
the one place that uh, college football can think can hold on to that because there's yeah. still bands, there's still walks to the stadium through whatever tailgate lot you've got, and there's still the chant and the song that everybody sings at the beginning of the fourth quarter, whatever stadium you're in, right? Like traditions are the one thing uh, college football has really got still. And look, yeah, some of them are gone, but uh, but look, I I like these, and here's the most important part. The players love them. I don't know if Zach, if you saw the video that Tennessee put out uh, of Josh Heupel showing the players uh, the the jerseys, and I thought it was cool. Chris Walker, former Vols defensive lineman, who was on that team back when they played South Carolina, to wear the black jerseys then. Uh, who is now like a graduate assistant, a part of that uh, coaching staff in, in some capacity. He was the one who was wrapped up in like one of those big sideline rain jackets, who came out there and then just took off the rain jacket and he was wearing them. So, and he still cut up big dude, Chris Walker. But I thought that was really cool of like how a former player got to show the current players, the new jerseys and they lost their minds. So I, that's the important part. Josh Heupel is trying to take strides in doing things. The players like, but still winning football games and looking to win more football games. So he can be better on the recruiting trail. Well, and the fact of the matter is, is Tennessee has a very, very high ceiling at recruiting. They have the facilities, they have the money, they have the fan base, they have the stadium, they have all of that. They don't have the wins. If they get the wins, they'll get the recruits, and the recruits help them get more wins. This is a big step this year. Austin, I'll say this. If Tennessee can beat South Carolina, Kentucky, uh, South Alabama and Vanderbilt seven and five. That's a really good season heading into the first true recruiting year of Josh Heupel era and beating Kentucky is a, it's a beatable opponent, right? We're not asking, you're not asking to beat Georgia or Alabama. That can really set them in the right direction from the get. And what is and Butch Jones, now I, I hate to bring this back up, but Butch Jones got off to the right start recruiting. Yeah. And what did that get him? That got him 2016, the opportunity to really play for an SEC East title and a big six bowl. Now, unfortunately, they lost to South Carolina and Vanderbilt that derailed mm -hmm. that. But all you can ask for, and I think all Tennessee fans are asking for the 2016 hype to get another opportunity to take advantage of a really good football team, a really good roster with a really good coaching staff. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they just got to recruit. And, and Zach, do you know the uh, last Vols coach to have a winning record in his first year? Uh, it would be Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, 2009. Went 7-5 regular season, lost the bowl game for a 7-6. Derek Dooley, 6-7 with a bowl game loss. Butch Jones, five and seven Pruitt five and seven. If Josh Heupel can get a winning season in his first year after the disaster of what Jeremy Pruitt was and all the attrition through the transfer portal, it just shows you the guy can coach. And if the guy can coach and score points because they haven't had a legitimate point score as the head coach since Lane Kiffin, Butch was a wide receiver coach. Derek Dooley was an athletic director. Jeremy Pruitt was a D coordinator. Josh uh, Heupel can score points, right? I look. I when Heupel was hired, I I liked him. I yeah. thought that he could be the guy. 
I've always I, I had this gut feeling about Josh Heupel. I really like the way Tennessee went about it this time. Jeremy Pruitt, I think we always question that guy. That you know, you you pick your the fourteenth girl at the dance. She usually you know, trip over herself. That's exactly what happened for Jeremy Pruitt. This felt good to me. Now I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years. But it is off to a good start. You're starting to do the waltz, and you're starting to to kind of move and get into the rhythm. How is the rest of the dance going to work out this year? I think they got an opportunity. And the other thing is, Rob says uh, Zach won't admit that Tennessee can beat Ole Miss. I think I think Ole Miss is beatable after last week's performance beat against Alabama. They are beatable because you can get them out of rhythm, and yeah. you don't want. Ole Miss is good when they're not predictable. That When they run the football, when you think that they're going to pass every down, that's when they're good. When they're playing from behind and they have to pass every down, they're not good. So I, I, I'm not – I think Ole Miss will be favored, and I think they should beat Tennessee. I think they will beat Tennessee. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to set that aside to say that those teams are not that far apart. I think Ole Miss – because the SEC, you have Georgia and Alabama – a huge gap, then Kentucky and Florida, and then the rest of the teams. Yeah. Uh, Rob says Kiffin tried way too hard for that win over Alabama. I think in, at times he outcoached himself <laughs> with with some of the early going for it on fourth downs uh, that led to quick battle points. Now, I understand the philosophy there, but I, I think he kind of burned himself there. Patrick says, now, all of this, if all this doesn't work fast, how long does Tennessee give Hypel to turn it around uh, to actually mean something? Well, Based on Josh Heupel's contract, he's going to be there for a bit because uh, he's going to be there for at least four years and really at least five years because of how the contract is set up because of the uh, NCAA investigation that we still have no idea of what's going down. But They're going to give him time. Yeah, back to the Ole Miss-Tennessee thing. I do think Ole Miss is beatable for Tennessee, but it's super situational, right? Like every, like you have to really have things line up. You, you got to right get way. a pick six and go up 14, nothing at the end of the, the first, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that still doesn't guarantee. I, I, I very unlikely, very small percent chance that Tennessee will beat Ole Miss, but if they play well. There's going to be a lot of storylines in a couple of weeks. Well, they got to beat Hell, they got to beat week. South yeah, they got to beat South Carolina first. So let's go ahead and pick this game. The Vols are a 10 and a half point favorite. We're about to get to all of our SEC picks leading off uh this slate with Tennessee hosting South Carolina. Uh Tennessee minus 10 and a half SEC picks. That's what we're doing now real quick. Let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic in sports medicine care, whenever an injury happens in life, know who to go to, know who to trust. That's the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute. Again, boneandjointtn.org. We also had Dave, who's the leader in their physical therapy office and facility there, talk to us yesterday about hamstrings with A.J. Brown, gave us some good info about some of the drills A.J. Brown is doing. They are the experts. Let them lead you back to health at boneandjointtn.org. Bet MGM, that's who we're powered by. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. Here's the best part for new users. If you have not downloaded the app, risk-free bet up to a thousand dollars. So you put in a thousand dollars, put in five hundred dollars, put in two hundred dollars. Doesn't really matter. And you bet if you're going to bet on Tennessee, you lose, you get the money back. It's a risk-free bet for new users. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so here we go. 
We're starting our SEC predictions this week with Tennessee and South Carolina. Quick record update from Zach and I on the season. We missed last week because of Zach's travel back from Dallas. Uh, for the season, I am at 16-9 and nine because my mortgage pick last, uh, last time pushed at minus three for Charlotte. Zach is at 17 and 10. So you've got two more, uh, you know, points on that board because of my mortgage push. So I'm at 64%. Zach, you're at 62.9%. So close, tight percentage here early on in our season. South Carolina at Tennessee, Vols minus 10 and a half. You got something out, Dad? Yeah, I'd like to go first here. Um, I, the 10 and a half, the half point I don't like, but they do that for a reason. Yeah. But I just feel that Tennessee is going to win by 14 points. Like I I feel like South Carolina is not good. And I think coming off of what Tennessee just did, I'm taking Tennessee to cover. I am too. Um, And in, in games that Tennessee is winning, they're scoring 38, uh, 56, 62 points, right? They're scoring points. I think they will score points against South Carolina. And I, I'm with you. The 14-point difference sounds right, feels right. So we are both on Tennessee minus 10 and a half. You know, I was I was pulling up the BetMGM app because I wanted to look at something as well to see what that first half line would be uh, for the Vols. Minus seven, minus six and a half Vols first half. I don't know. I feel like this is a game where maybe it's closer in the first half than it is later. So yeah, I'm uh, not betting any of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick says, good luck this weekend. I'm out. Go Gators. Don't Patrick. Don't go anywhere. The Gators is the next game we're picking. Don't go anywhere, Patrick. Uh, so uh, we both are, are picking Tennessee minus the points. Jacob agrees uh, with that one. So uh, Matthew says 41, uh, 24 that, you know, that's a score that feels kind of right. 41, 24 is what Tennessee can do. Um, against South Carolina. I just think it's a big game for the Vols offensive line to get moving early. Uh, and then maybe can, can the Vols defense be opportunistic against a really struggling South Carolina offense? I think uh, that's something to watch there for too. Okay, next game. Patrick's still around. Good good hanging, hanging around, Patrick. Vandy at Florida. Florida minus 38 and a half. I guess I go first. <laughs> 38 and a half is a lot, uh, but I I picked Vandy plus 35 or 34 and a half against Georgia, and they lost 62 nothing. Vandy's bad. I know Vandy beat UConn, but UConn is one of the worst teams. No, no, in- they barely beat UConn. They should not have beat UConn. <laughs> right. Uh, so Zach says, take Vandy with the points, man. I am taking Florida minus 38 and a half because I think Florida is big mad. I think they because they lost to Kentucky in Lexington for the first time in 35, 40 years. I I think Florida beats the brakes off of Vandy and gets some frustration out. And I think this is the game where Anthony Richardson has like another 60-yard touchdown run, right? So I'm taking Florida minus the points. The one thing that I will say, Vandy at Florida, they usually hang around. Like that is notorious. Florida will come to Nashville and beat the brakes off of them, but they've had some very eerily close games for, let's see, at least three quarters in Florida. 
I mean, I just think that this is back, 53 maybe back seven. when they had like some like Kyle yeah. Shermer and some other NFL guys, but not Ralph Webb. Uh, I 53 seven. Zach, I last time they played at Florida, <laughs> it was 56 nothing. But before that, okay, so 2017, 2017 uh, at Florida was 38 24. Uh, and that's probably that last game you that you remember. I'm pulling up the game cast here. Uh, it, yeah, it was uh, it was tied. Uh, it was tied at 17 at the end of the half. And that's, Florida, that's the one I'm remembering. Vandy actually had a 17-14 lead. Um, uh, you know, going into that before the end of the half. So yeah, that's the, and then it was 38-24 at the end. But you know, not a lot of times. Vandy's playing tight games at Florida. If I go back to 20 2015, Vandy at Florida, nine to seven. So there you go. Two times, 2015, 2017, six and four years ago, they played tight at Florida. Not happening this time. I got Florida. Okay. We're both at Florida. Zach, you get to start this one. Your Ole Miss Rebels hosting Arkansas. I saw. I wrote down this line this morning at, at Ole Miss minus five and a half. I have seen it move to six at some places. Uh, no, Cody, we have not done Bama a and yet. Stay with us here. Ole Miss minus five and a half hosting Arkansas. You start with this one first. Well, I'll start and I'll finish with the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, I think they're going to win. Uh, this is the year that they beat Arkansas. And I think there's some redemption from Matt Corral's six INT game last year in rainy Fayetteville, he's going to come out and he's going to try to beat the breaks off of Arkansas. And I think Lane Kiffin's going to help him do it. I've got Ole Miss big. Um, Brent, Arkansas wins and therefore covers. Um, so uh, Brent going with the Hogs there. Arkansas got like I know both teams got demolished last week by the two best teams in the country, but the way Arkansas lost to Georgia was humiliating. And like I, you know, would you think was the Ole Miss loss to Bama as humiliating as the Arkansas loss to Georgia? Do you in your mind? Yes, because more eyes were on it because it was SEC two two thirty. It was the storyline. Yeah, because it was twenty eight nothing at half. And the the unfortunate part, you know, ifs and buts, beer and nuts. That game should have been twenty one to seven at half, but the mistakes that Ole Miss made with the fumbles and some of the other lack of goal line stands and lack of fourth down conversions, it was twenty eight nothing. That's embarrassing. People turned it off. That's a marquee game you can't turn yeah, off. Arkansas couldn't do anything. Like Ole Miss was like able to move the ball at times, but like Arkansas but, couldn't do squat against Georgia. So I, I'm also on Ole Miss minus five and a half on this. One. Okay, Georgia in Jordan Hare at Auburn. Georgia minus 15 and a half. This is a weird line. Georgia's really good. When you talk about weird stuff happening, weird stuff happens in this game at Auburn. What do you go with here? I guess it's me, me, to, me first, right? Yeah. Georgia minus 15 and a half. I don't believe in Auburn. So I am taking Georgia minus the points uh, at 15 and a half. Auburn, they're four and one. They're ranked. They look better than I thought they would with Brian Harson in his first year. But uh, I think, you know, they've, they've had some 
Uh, this is their first test, right? I, I do not believe in Auburn. I think they've gotten some breaks. The Obviously, the breaks against Georgia State late in that game was ridiculous. They shouldn't have won that game. They should be 3-2 and two with an ugly, ugly loss. So Georgia minus 15 and a half uh, is where I'm going to go with this. I agree. Uh, Auburn is phony. You, we talk about real or phony. Auburn is phony. Uh, yeah. They shouldn't have. I mean, they they won a close game. I'll give them credit for, for beating LSU, but they're not. They can't compete with a team like Georgia. Georgia and Alabama are on a crash course for the SEC championship, and then probably on a crash course for either the national championship or the college football playoff. Now, uh, Mark says Georgia wins by three touchdowns. Zach says Georgia's undefeated against the spread this season, so no reason to change that. Good point. Brent says Georgia wins and covers. Uh, ben says, I don't believe in Auburn, but I don't believe in Georgia's offense either. Yeah, Georgia's offense has been very hit or miss, but it hasn't mattered. They've still just steamrolled everybody. So we're both on Georgia. So far, we agree on all four picks uh, of the games. We're taking favorites early in our segment here. This one might change. LSU at Kentucky, Wildcats minus three. Wildcats and Tigers uh, there in Lexington. So, Zach, you go first. Kentucky minus three hosting LSU. Ooh, this is a this is one of the tougher ones because the plus three and a half you feel like Kentucky is due for a letdown. Three, game. not not not. There's no half point, just the three. Oh, okay. Is there a half point in the email I sent? No, I've seen the line a couple. Of, it, it must have moved. I've seen okay. a couple of lines. Okay. Um, I'm going to take LSU. I'm going to take I am. I am too. I'm trying to see where some separation is in this. I'm taking LSU plus three as well. I think this is an opportunity for Kentucky. Brent nailed it. Is exactly what I was going to say. LSU wins. Kentucky can't do it two weeks in a row. I don't know if Kentucky, Kentucky may. I don't know. This is going to be a tough game. Uh, This is probably the most difficult pick of all of the picks in my opinion. Because Kentucky got so up for that Florida game and they needed a couple wacky things to happen for, to win that Florida game. Uh, Larry says Kentucky is not losing. I don't know if they're going to win or lose, but uh, they're definitely not going to lose. Uh, he says he'll bet us both $20 on this. Uh, Mark says Kentucky by 10 or more. Ben says Kentucky has been a lot of close games this season. I think it catches up to them against, against LSU. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. So I, I think, uh, I think I, we're both going LSU plus three last game here, Alabama minus 18 against A&M. I don't believe in Jimbo. Their quarterback situation is not good. It's on the road and it's at AM, which is a tough place to play. But Alabama minus 18. Yeah. That's not uh, we're not going to disagree on Bama. <laughs> what do you think about this? Old Faithful uh, is Alabama minus the points in the first half. What do you think about Alabama minus 10 and a half? First half. I mean, I, I'm probably going to take it because I just found out about Old Faithful. I you just found that. out about this? Oh, yeah, it was, uh, I I hit it against Florida, and, they, and that was a two point game. But first half covered. <laughs> I mean, how long, what's the how, what's the streak? Oh, I mean, I don't know the exact streak, but it's it hits right. No, hey. like it's hit like for oh, like 
I think it's, it's plus hit. Games. It's hit first every half. game so far this season. This that's what I know. The Alabama first half. Uh, I'm taking Bama. <laughs> the first half is at ten and a half. Though this is, I think, this is the largest first half spread they've had against like a power five opponent. Yeah, I still think that uh, it's probably like twenty one to six. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. So I'm going Alabama minus 18. So you know, 21 10. That kind of seems right. And Bama covers by the half a point. So we both agree on all six games. We're taking Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Georgia, Alabama to cover as favorites. The one that I would give wiggle room to is the Kentucky LSU. Uh, uh, To make things interesting, I'll flip it. I'll go Kentucky. Okay. All right, that's fine. Mortgage Picks of the Week time presented by BetMGM. Guys, go download the BetMGM app. It's Zach and I have had so much fun uh, this year with the BetMGM app. Definitely do it. Code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 uh, with your first deposit and your first bet right there. Risk-free bet up to $1,000 with the BetMGM app. Code A to Z Sports right there on your screen. My mortgage pick, Zach, this week. Michigan minus three at Nebraska. Michigan minus three at Nebraska. That is my mortgage pick of the week. How do you feel about that one? Man, I actually love that. I think because really I good. I took so uh Michigan at Wisconsin last week. Michigan was a one-point dog. So I took Michigan money line like plus one ten or something. And, I, and it, they won. They destroyed Wisconsin. You, you can also fade Wisconsin at times this season <laughs> in the right spots, as I've done a couple times after getting burned in week one by them. So I'm taking Michigan minus three at Nebraska. Nebraska, whenever they've lost, you know they haven't been per, they haven't been great, right? So uh, that's that's where I'm going to go with my mortgage pick again. Michigan minus three at Nebraska, and it, it that's what it currently is. This morning, yes, it is currently minus three. I, I looked at it this morning before I locked that one in. Well, that's unfortunate because my my mortgage moved <laughs> in in the wrong direction. Uh, but that's okay. I'm still going to do it because it it hasn't pushed me over. Uh, I'm not taking Michigan. I'm taking Michigan State ah. minus five and a half over Rutgers. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. Okay, Michigan State minus five and a half over Rutgers. Interesting. Rutgers can play tough or not. Like Nebraska, Nebraska's lost. You know they're three and three, but they've only beat Northwestern by a bunch, Buffalo and Fordham. Like, but you know, like this, if there's one letdown game of the season for Jim Harbaugh, it's this one. Yeah, I don't. I think you're right. I don't they're think fought, they're going to lose. I, I think the letdown because they it's at Nebraska. They just beat the brakes off Wisconsin in Camp Randall. Like beating Wisconsin thirty eight to seventeen at Wisconsin is legit, right? They got through their potential letdown game in a close game with Rutgers two weeks ago. But other than that, Michigan's in pretty solid. Once they kind of had a slower start in the first game of the season. That Michigan at Michigan State Halloween weekend. Now that is where Jim Harbaugh could become Jim Harbaugh again and get his ass kicked under the That'll get him light. fired. Yes, That'll that's fired. that's what I'm talking about. But 
So we're both going to the state of Michigan. What's your line again? Michigan State minus five and a half. It was four and a half earlier this week. It's now five and a half. So five and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. Michigan State. Sparty minus five and a half. Rutgers. Yep. East Lansing or in, in New Jersey? New Jersey. We're both taking road favorites from Michigan. We're, we're one or one, one or both are gonna lose. <laughs> I don't know. All right, guys. We will. Uh, we'll I wanted it. to double down on Ole Miss, but that's too much pressure and emotional letdown. If Ole Miss loses, then I, I would probably I would lose a little bit of money because I don't bet a lot of money on Ole Miss. A little bit of money, lose the game and the mortgage pick. I, that's just too yeah, much pressure. That, you're putting way too many eggs in one basket. I that's a smart move on you. Too much to not on the do heart. That. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, time for Ain't That Good News. I've got some good news. Everybody needs to have some good news. Sharing our good news here in a second, but first let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout equals five or more hours in the weight room. How is that even possible? Because of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. If you're trying to achieve your fitness goals, simply go to mandu.com. Your first workout is free. They have the trainers and the science that can help you uh, get to wherever you're trying to get to in your fitness uh path, whether it's uh, lose a, a bunch of fat, have a full body transformation, or maybe you're just trying to lose that last little bit. You want to add some muscle, whatever it might be. Mandu can help you get there. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free, easy on your joints, all on your muscles to build functional strength. Again, Mandu.com. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, you get a hundred bucks off your first month when you sign up at Mandu.com. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM. Make sure you download the app today. But powering us all the way to Sunday, live from Mill Creek Tap Room, away games. This is an away game. It's in Duval County. You need to come hang out, watch the games with us on Sunday. We're going to have a great time. That is at Mill Creek Tap Room in Nolensville. Yep, definitely do that. Uh, Titans and Jags on Sunday. Both times we've been to Mill Creek so far, Zach, have gone to overtime. Uh, that's a trend that, you know, we'll see if it hits. Again, good news. Ain't that good news? Uh, let's see. Jordan says, taking the wife to her first game in Neyland next weekend against Ole Miss. Zach is going to be there. So there's some good news. Uh, Jeff says, good news is his crappy work week is almost over. Uh, that's good there for you. Uh, Zach Goodman says, good news. Hit his parlay last night with Coastal Carolina and Houston. Nice. Good job there, Coastal Carolina. Here's a, here's a tip. Fade Arkansas State and Butch Jones. <laughs> Butch Jones got off to a 1-0 start in his Arkansas State head coaching career, and he's lost five games in a row, and they are just getting uglier and uglier as Coastal Carolina puts up 52 on Butch Jones in Arkansas State last night. I actually won some money from Coastal Carolina last night too, so that's good news. Uh, Zach, my good news is I'm not going to have good news next Friday because next Friday, my wife and I, we're taking our two dogs. We are going to a cabin weekend. We're using the Bills Monday Night Titans game for an opportunity to get away. We're going to Red River Gorge, which is – an hour outside of Lexington in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. They've got uh, cabins there. We are going to do a, a clear kayak cave kayaking tour uh, where you kayak in a cave. 
Then they also have zip lining where you zip line over the gorge. And then we're, we've got our two dogs with us. So we're going to be going on hikes all over the mountains uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, so that is my good news is that next weekend we're leaving Thursday, have a long weekend, taking the pups to uh, with the family outing uh, up in the cabin in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. So that'd be fun. That, that sounds pretty fun. I like the, I have no the kayaking idea. thing. Yeah, the, yeah, clear. Like the clear, the kayaks are clear, and they've got like oh, li- they, yeah, they've got lights in the cave, so you can like they light up the water, so you can see what's swimming beneath you. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to see what's swimming beneath you in a kayak, but we're doing it. So, and it's gonna be in a cave, so we'll see how it goes. That, that that's pretty good. I I will be intrigued to hear how it how it goes. And zip lining's fun. I don't know if you've ever gone like real zip lining, but. No, backyard zip lining has been. No, backyard zip lining is uh, is also fun, but a yeah, little bit but, more terrifying. <laughs> but real, real zip lining is uh, just as terrifying because you're like hundreds of feet up in the air over mountains and valleys and stuff. But it's really fun. Well, no, that'll be fun uh, next week. As I said, next week, well, I'll be here on Friday, but uh, going to the uh, Ole Miss Arkansas game. But my good news comes. From Saturday, it's kind of a last-second backdoor Plan B ticket. I always like to call it a Plan B ticket because it's. I think it. Well, it's definitely stemmed from COVID, but Nissan Stadium will actually have something going on this weekend. The Titans not playing, but the Rolling Stones will be playing Ooh. Saturday night, and so I've got tickets uh, with a few of my buddies uh, again backdoor plan b tickets i took advantage of one of them and uh gonna go see uh, mick jagger and the boys uh hopefully they'll be able to to put on a great performance and you know nissan stadium you, there's no you know vaccine card test you don't have to do any of that bs you go in there and you enjoy it yourself will they tear up the field that's always my thing with like in-season stadium concerts. It's a big risk. I, th- I think that they'll be okay. I'm sure that they'll put something down. I don't know where the seats are though. <laughs> so you have no idea. And no, just- and man, Zach Goodman, God dang it. Remorse, regret, because I completely forgot that Mr. 305, aka Mr. Worldwide, aka Pitbull. Was it Bridgestone Arena last night? Ah, so I'm pissed. I would go to Pitbull, and I know that everybody's like, you, well, you did psychopath. I would go to Pitbull over Rolling Stones. But 100%. why? So why didn't you? Why didn't you? Because Thursday night versus Saturday night, that's, you know, that's a thing. And so uh, Nissan Stadium is going to be. Did you forget that Pitbull was in town last night? Somebody had told me a couple of weeks ago. And then again, I was in Dallas. I had other things going on. It just like, it slipped my mind to go get tickets and rock out. But I'm betting, and I have to look at the schedule. This year's NFL draft is back in Vegas. Yeah. Pitbull got canceled the last time it was in Vegas. Hopefully he's going to make a return. I would rather see Pitbull in Vegas than at Bridgestone Arena. I get that. Uh, Jacob asked me a great question. Am I going to be able to watch the Ole Miss-Tennessee game while in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, in a cabin next Saturday? Uh, they, We have a television. We're supposed to be able to have Wi-Fi. 
So I'm sub- I hope that I'm able to watch it. Is it Airbnb? Yes. Then they should they should have uh internet. But again, it's in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky in the mountains. Like you can't always just trust that the signal's gonna be good in the middle of Kentucky. Like this isn't a shot at the state of Kentucky, but they're a little behind the times out there in the sticks. Like I'm not talking about like Lexington, the city. I'm talking about the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, an hour outside the city where you know I I don't know. Like they say I'm gonna have uh TV and Wi-Fi, but we'll see what happens. We shall see. All right, guys. Hope you have a great weekend. We've got a lot of great stuff going on uh, tomorrow. Uh, don't forget Charlie Burris and Jonathan Crompton will be live at halftime and post game of the Vol South Carolina game. Then Sunday, Luke Warsham gets your Titans game day started with Titans game day morning around 9 45. Then Zach and I will be live for the pregame show at Mill Creek Brewery at 11 30 for the entire coverage of the game. Make sure you're following us all over social media. We'll see you guys later on. Have a great start to your weekend. Adios.